Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. This is Brian Lehrer's Daily Politics Podcast from WNYC Studios. It's Thursday, November 10th. I'm Nancy Solomon from the WNYC and Gothamist Newsroom and the host of the podcast, Dead End, filling in for Brian today. When New York's former governor, Andrew Cuomo, was still in office, he had an environmental plan he called the Restore Mother Nature Bond Act, Good title, right? But like so many things in early COVID, those plans for using three million, $3 billion, with a B, dollars in state bonds to invest in environmental infrastructure were shelved due to fiscal concerns. But that idea was rebranded, revamped to allocate $4.2 billion and put on the ballot in New York State, and it passed. On the West Coast, Californians voted against Proposition 30, which would have taxed wealthier Californians in order to fund electric vehicle infrastructure and help fight wildfires. With me now is Blanca Begert, reporting fellow at GRIST, a nonprofit independent media organization that focuses on climate solutions journalism. Blanca, welcome to WNYC. So we're going to We'll talk a little more about the two ballot initiatives in New York and California, and we can take listener calls too. But first, in your recent article in Grist, you make the point that there were a lot of environmentally focused ballot initiatives in 2020 because it was a way to take things out of a stalled Congress's hands. Can you tell us more about that history and include, like, why was it so important to watch what's happening in New York and California, you know, two power, powerhouse states? Yeah, so in um, 2018 and in 2020, there were a lot more uh, climate initiatives at state levels um, in, I think, in both in 2018 and in 2020, there was one in Nevada to transition to clean energy. And there were several um, to regulate the oil and gas industry that failed against massive industry spending. Um, This year, there were fewer um, people from the the League of Conservation Voters um, said one of the reasons that could be is because these types of deals, um, you know, get worked out in the legislature and then don't have to get put on ballots. Um, But this year, there were two big ones um, in New York and in California. Both of them, uh, as you mentioned, the New York one passed and the California one didn't. Both would have marshaled, um, you know, billions of dollars for climate action in both states. And they were important to watch um, even for people who don't live in those states because, you know, these are, you know, big states with um, big populations and big economies and, um, you know, have already set ambitious climate targets and were um, with these with these measures showing that, you know, th- that, that wasn't enough. And so people were trying to do more. And, um, you know, 
set uh, set a model for for other parts of the country to follow. Yeah, I've heard it said about California. I don't know that I've ever read anything about New York about this, but um, that the economy of California is so big that when the state regulates something like, you know, mandates a particular like emission standard, let's say for cars, that the auto industry basically has to make cars that way for everybody. So it really um, gives California voters a a lot of power. And uh, we'll talk about exactly what that vote you know, meant and and where it went. But first, let's let's go to New York. The Clean Water, Clean Air, and Clean Jobs Environmental Bond Act of 2022, uh, which the majority of New York voters voted yes on. I believe the latest numbers are 68 percent yes. yes. Um, so, what exactly did New Yorkers just vote to fund? Yeah, so um, New Yorkers just voted to allow the state controller to sell bonds up to $4.2 billion. Um, and that is to pay for major projects to protect and restore New York's natural resources, reduce water and air pollution, and strengthen the state's response to climate change. So this act will you know, be able to fund a huge variety of different types of projects across the state. Um, You know, there's anything from climate change mitigation, like energy efficiency upgrades for buildings and zero emission school buses and renewable energy projects um, to, you know, there's a big amount set aside for flood risk reduction, um, coastal rehabilitation, wetland restoration and money for voluntary buyout programs for people in flood zones. Um, And, you know, there's money set aside for water quality infrastructure, wastewater treatment upgrades, stormwater management, and then also land conservation, farm preservation. Um, so it's a lot a lot of different types of projects, and there was a big coalition behind getting this passed. Blanca, according to your reporting, there was no organized opposition to New York's Environmental Bond Act. Do you think that's because the interests of so many people living in the state like it was so broad from farmers to people living in coastal areas and flood zones i'm is was there just so much support for it that there was no point in mounting an opposition or what was going on there yeah i mean i think that's definitely a big part of it you know this was this is going to benefit hundreds of thousands of new yorkers and you know there's projects right in people's backyard and there was a study that came out showing that this could create uh, 84,000 jobs across the state. So there was, yeah, quite a quite a broad and diverse coalition. There was ele- electrical workers unions, fire um, business groups behind this, environmental organizations, farmers, land trusts. Um, so I think, and also, you know, 35% of the funding um, from, from this act will go to disadvantaged communities as sort of defined by a state process. So, so yeah, there was just a, a huge variety of, of benefits and, and groups and, and people that, that would um, benefit from this. And then I think, you know, part of it also is that the, you know, as compared to Prop 30 in California, where there was a large opposition um, of, of, you know, the wealthy individuals that would have been impacted by that tax, um, you know, paying and funding a, a strong no campaign. In this case, the money was being raised through through selling state bonds, which doesn't have the same sort of targeted group of 
of people that would be impacted by it. So I think that that's pro- probably part of also why there wasn't um, an organized group of you know high income taxpayers getting together to to um, fight this opposition, uh, fight this proposition. Yeah, that's a really interesting distinction. Well, the the New York State Conservative Party did oppose the measure. Um, so right. ha- I assume that has to do with the the price tag and how a bond then eventually trickles down to taxpayers. So how does that work exactly? Like, what is it going to cost your average person in New York State? Yeah, so right. So th- while there was no organized opposition, um, the New York State Conservative Party and certain fiscal conservatives in the state um, spoke out against it, mainly on the, the point of not wanting the, the state to go into more debt. Um, but, you know, the the governor's office has said repeatedly that, you know, this this the um, debt, you know, associated with the bonds will come from the debt payments will come from the state's general fund um, and were legislated in the state's long term financial plans in 2019. So taxpayers, um, again, according to the governor's office, won't um, shouldn't expect to see any increase in state taxes as a result of this of this bond act. It's interesting that, you know, New York, it sounds to me from what you're saying that that New York had a sort of successful strategy for getting this done. Um, and California's reliance on a tax increase on the wealthy might have doomed it. But let's back up for, I, I, let's address that, but let's back up for a moment. So tell us more about California's Proposition 30. Uh, so 59.1% of voters were against, voted against it on Tuesday. What, what would have happened? What was it about? What would it have done for California? Yes, so this one... Um similar to the the bond act but even more so would have raised um, billions of dollars for for climate action um so the idea with behind prop 30 um was uh, it was a climate bill to tax people in california who make over two million dollars um an, an increase of 1.75 percent income tax and um the money which was estimated to be between three to five billion a year or 3.5 to five billion a year um would have gone to 80 percent to fund electric vehicle subsidy programs and build charging stations um and then 20 percent to to wildfire prevention and what was the opposition to it? So there was, um, you know, a a a group of um, most the biggest donors to the opposition to Prop Thirty were um, wealthy individuals, billionaires, millionaires in the state um, who contributed thirty million. But I think you know the star of the opposition, and you know the big. The, the major opponent that really, um, you know, made a made an impact in the way that this this measure was received was Governor Gavin Newsom, um, the state's Democratic governor who came out really hard against this measure. And that was sort of a surprise because this, like like the Bond Act, um, had a huge coalition, you know, hundreds of environmental and public health groups behind this as a way to reduce carbon emissions and air pollution. Again, also labor groups, firefighters, electric workers, unions. And it was um, endorsed almost unanimously by the California Democratic Party. Um, and so, yeah, Governor Governor Gavin Newsom, um, you know, had reasons for 
for for coming out against this. Um, a big target of his was the, the involvement of the rideshare company Lyft, um, um, but and also you know concerns about taxing, increasing income tax on the wealthy. Um, but you know he's a, a trusted voice on climate in the state, and I think really was a decisive factor in in um, why this this bill failed. Blanca, while New York Governor Kathy Hochul was fully behind New York's Environmental Bond Act, and we were just hearing from Joy that Governor Gavin Newsom campaigned against Prop 30, um, saying that it was a cash grab from List. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what was, why, what was Newsom saying, and how was it that that swayed people in California? Sure. And yeah, and, and before saying answering that, I just want to say, you know, I, I think the people that, you know, people who I've been talking to as I follow up on this are really emphasizing that this vote shouldn't necessarily be read as like a rejection of um, climate action on behalf of California voters or even on a rejection on um, progressive taxes on the wealthy. Um, a lot of a lot of the argument um, that was being made by you know, Newsom was around the involvement of Lyft. And I think that was in 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 the proposition's um, development and funding. And I think that's sort of the, the message that came across to a lot of voters. So so Lyft, yes, um, the rideshare company was very involved in funding the campaign for this proposition and and came on later, but was involved in in part of drafting it as well. Um, Lyft stands to benefit because there's a, a, a law in California that by 2030, all rideshare companies have to log 90% of their miles in electric vehicles. And so um, Newsom was saying that, you know, this was a, a corporate tax grab because Lyft would be relying on taxpayer money to make this transition instead of paying for it for itself um, itself. And, you know, while there are reasons to, you know, be wary of um, corporations being involved in drafting legislation. And we saw that last election cycle, you know, with another proposition that rideshare companies were very involved in in California. Um, you know, this wasn't exactly a tax, like a carve out for Lyft. The money wouldn't have gone to Lyft. It would have gone to the agencies that Newsom funds with his very own budget to um, subsidize and incentivize electric vehicles and build charging stations and um, fight wildfires. So, you know, the, the money would have gone the incentives would have gone to lift drivers to transition to electric vehicles, just like it would have gone to any um, any drivers, you know, any California drivers. But you know, the um, it's it's a lot easier to to get a, a a no vote on a on a new proposition than it is to get a yes. And I think the the governor and the no uh, uh, campaign was able to sow enough seeds of doubt around around the, the involvement of Lyft to to get um, the no vote on this one. Blanca, what would you say lies ahead, bouncing back to California, um, for the electric vehicles infrastructure plans um, since Prop 30 didn't get approved? Uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the million-dollar question. I mean, there is money for electric vehicle transition in California. Um, the state just passed a $54 billion climate initiative, and $10 billion of that um, is going to to electric vehicle transition over five years. Um, there's also, you know, money coming for incentives through the Inflation Reduction Act and f- through the infrastructure bill for charging stations and 
this year, you know, the state has like a an hundred billion dollar um, budget surplus. So, you know, th- there is there is money and and action um, commitments, um, but. And you know, and also to to ban the sale of all gas cars by 2035. But you know, the transition to 100% electric vehicles is going to be hugely expensive. Um, and you know, anyone who's been following this in California also knows that charging infrastructure is like a major need and limitation at the moment. Um, and you know, everyone's there's studies saying that the money that we have for this now is just is just not enough. Um, you know, currently the money that's always put aside for EV incentive programs runs out. So we know that there that um, you know we need more, and that 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 ten billion in the in the climate initiative is a promise. It's not a law, and so I think this the Prop Thirty would have been you know a more certain source of funding. Um, but you know the the good news is that. Uh, we do have a governor who's made successful commitments for moving in the right direction on um, transitioning transportation and, you know, a legislature with leaders who've put climate at the top of, of their lists. Um, and we're still seeing, you know, how that all will shake out um, in, in the elections. But hopefully, you know, there's still California still able to to move forward um, with with its climate goals. And in terms of New York's uh, bond measure that did pass, um, you know, often when we talk about investments in um, things to ameliorate climate change, um, you know, we talk about the green economy, we talk about jobs. Uh, and so it's not just addressing climate change, but also like that these are economic propositions that are going to uh, boost the economy is the argument that's made. Any ideas on what this bond measure will do for New York's economy? Do, has, has, there ever, has there been an analysis on the amount of jobs that could be created out of this spending? Yeah, I think as I mentioned earlier in the in the interview, there's there was an analysis that showed uh, eighty four thousand jobs could be created across across New York, and that's part of the reason why we saw. Um, so many unions backing this, including you know electrical workers unions that will be involved in um, transitioning to to renewable energies, um, and yeah, and then in terms of the economy, I would I would also just say you know this is this is uh, an investment um, to you know avoid what would be potentially save you know billions and billions of dollars in what would be the cost of not. Um, you know, hardening, uh, adapting, and and making plans to you know upgrade our infrastructure to be more climate resilient, um, and also the cost of not taking steps to to mitigate um, climate change. Before we go, do you want to tell listeners a little bit more about Grist and solutions journalism for those who aren't familiar with either? Yes, sure. Um, I'm I'm writing for a great outlet called uh, Grist. It's grist.org. We have, um, you know, tons of stories and we have good coverage around California and New York, but also the whole country, um, you know, the Midwest as well. And and um, we focus on, sto- on stories of climate solutions and climate justice. Um, and yes, I would I would definitely direct listeners to go check out some of the, the great reporting by the various reporters uh, um, at Grist. And solutions journalism just refers to the idea of doing stories that are about what works as opposed to constantly breaking down what doesn't work. Correct. Right. It's not all it's not all gloom and doom. Um, there are amazing <laughs> people across the country doing great and inspiring things um, 
around climate change and climate justice, and we try to to highlight those stories. Okay, I'm I'm totally up for for diminishing the gloom and doom. Thanks so much for talking with us. We've been talking to Blanca Bergert, a reporting fellow at Grist. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Brian Lehrer, A Daily Politics Podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.